What up, what up, what up, everybody? Hopefully everyone is doing well. We're super excited and have so many things going on, and we're having fun. I'm just trying to find my favorite song, and I don't know why I can't seem to find it. So hold on one second. Stand by. This is your girl, Tawanda, with Take 411. everyone, this is Jabelle Tawanda with Take 411, and we have something different that we're going to actually talk about and share tonight. And I want to go out to the callers on the line to kind of see who who that is, <laughs> see what's going on, who decided to join in and participate in the show. Ladies, talk to me. Represent yourself, please. Hey, 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 this is Mimi calling in from Dallas. How's everybody? Okay. Hi, Mimi. <laughs> All right, who else is on? Hello, hello, hello. It's Alexis from the DMV area. Okay, how are you doing, Alexis? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. All right, well. One of the things Alexis and I talked about um, a few weeks ago, you know, here at Take 411, which is a part of Another Chance to Bridge the Gap, we are a platform where we want to be able to bridge the gap, the gap between people in prison with family, friends, and people in the community. And we talk about a lot of different topics in reference to prison, community, you know, different things that's going on in reference to prison policies, jobs, and so on and so forth. And one of the things that we're going to be working on and bringing to everyone at least a few times a month, not really sure how often, we're going to talk about true crime. You know, there's so many different things. I was telling Alexis that I was in CVS Pharmacy a few years ago, and they had a magazine that was called Women Who Kill. And they also had one called Men Who Kill. And I said, wow, that seems pretty interesting. And I actually got both of them. And... um Time went by, and that was like a couple of years ago. I never even had a chance to read it until recently. I started going through with it. I started going through it. I'm sorry. So we're going to talk about something special tonight, a case that I actually um, was told about by someone else a few years ago, and we're just going to really dissect it and talk about it. You know, this is not a time. We're not promoting killing, of course. Of course not. We're just talking about the mindset and why people do it. You know, there are situations to where there's a movie I saw a few years ago called um, Something Bystander. Alexis is a movie book. I know it, I think it's called Innocent Bystander. It was about an innocent bystander who ended up in prison. Um, But the bottom line is with this segment of talking about true crime, we're talking about um, making of murderers. Are murderers made? Does a murderer develop into a murderer because something happens? You know, what is the mindset of someone that does some type of crime. So as we get started, um, um, ladies, and before we get into our topic tonight, you know, is there is there a situation or a story that you've heard about before in reference to a crime that was committed that you just wonder, like, why did he do that? Why did she do that? Anything that comes to mind, um, Alexis? Um, I'm trying to think. 
Um, I went to high school with someone, and I actually did not know him that well, but I knew him to be quiet, and I knew him to be kind, and he actually dated um, a girlfriend who happened to be friends with my best friend at the time, and she described him as a little bit disturbing towards the end of their relationship, where he was very into the Nazis. And then the following year, I graduated in 2004. He graduated in 2005. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. He ended up shooting three cops and ended up going to prison, and he got the death sentence for capital murder. So he was to be valedictorian that year. Wow. Wow. What are your thoughts, Mimi? Has anything ever happened like that that you've been curious about or that kind of kind of surprised you? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, I went to someone went in, to high someone school in high school who school killed his mother. Killed his mother. And he was and exonerated, he but of course he had to go through um, the people looking here and wondering if he did it. Some people are afraid of him, all of that stuff. And I did wonder. If he, you know, what caused it, you know, what what happened that he had he stabbed his mom to death. Mhm. Wow. That's really interesting. Well, there's a few um, situations and things that I've heard about. Um, however, tonight I'm going to talk about the Whitehead sisters. Not sure if anyone on the line, or Alexis, I mentioned that to you, and you did some research on about, about that. But I want to I want to share a little bit about this story and situation. Now I did reach out to these girls a couple of years ago when um, someone mentioned them to me because I wanted to find out. You know, a lot of times a lot of stuff is public information, but I wanted to kind of see if I could talk to them and find out, hey, what happened? Why did you, why did you do this? And you know, how is things for you in life now? Like, is there any remorse and so on and so forth? I actually reached out to both of them about three different times and did not get a response. And, of course, I respect that as well. All right, so let me share a little about this with you guys, and let's talk about it. And that's what our goal is. And this is not to pass judgment on anyone because I don't have any room to judge anyone. Um, I hate to hear that anyone killed another person. You know, but the reality is it definitely happens. So with that being said, what it says here, as I'm reading from Wikipedia, death of Nikki Whitehead. Jamaica, 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 I'm messing up somebody's name. Jamaica Yvonne Nikki Whitehead, born April 18, 1975, died January 13, 2010, was a 34-year-old mother of a 16-year-old identical twins named Jazz and Jazz Whitehead and Taz. It's, they have different names like Jazz Maya and Taz Maya. I'm just saying Jazz and Taz because that's what people call them. Um, born on November 27, 1993. On the afternoon of January 13th, she was found dead in the bathroom of her boyfriend's Kanye, Kanye's Georgia home in Brittle Ridge Walk subdivision. She had been beaten with a vase and stabbed repeatedly. Her daughters, Jazz and Taz, were arrested four months after the slaying on May 21st, 2010 and charged with murder. Both initially pleaded not guilty. In a plea agreement, each twin 
pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of voluntary manslaughter in 2014. They were sentenced to 30 years in prison. Now, I just want that to sink in for a second. And I know that you looked that information up, Alexis, when I talked to you about it a few weeks ago. Have you ever heard about that before, Mimi? No. <laughs> oh, you have? And this actually happened, it happened in Conyers, Georgia, um, not too far from where I am now. All right, so with that being said, Alexis, did you go and look this information up? Actually I, already, actually, I already heard about it before you told me about it, only because I basically um, watch YouTube, and there's a YouTube channel that I subscribe to that gives you the snippets of crime. So I actually heard about this. Okay, all right. So, what 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 were your thoughts when you first heard about this? It's sad. It reminds me of a case that I heard coming out of Canada. That's quite similar. That girl ended up murdering her parents too, and it's sad. Well, one of the things about this, I want to read a little bit more, and especially Mimi, since you haven't heard about this. All right. I just to give you a little more history. What it says here is, in 2000, 25-year-old Nikki met 55-year-old truck driver Robert Head. It was not long before she and the girls moved in with Robert in Conyers, Georgia. Taz and Jazz were both honor roll students and Girl Scouts. They, the girls were initially raised by the great-grandmother, Della Frazier. Frazier said that Whitehead was sporadic and randomly and random presence of her children's lives in 2007, of her children's lives. So in 2007, when the twins were 13, Whitehead requested custody of them, and Whitehead and the twins clashed. Seems like they didn't get along. Um, not really sure, don't want to assume anything. All right, so the girls protested, but the court ordered them and their mother to live together for a two-week trial period. Whitehead was killed on January 13th. The twins said that they discovered their mother dead. The medical examiner called the killing a crime of passion and not likely that they and not likely performed by a stranger. Whitehead's boyfriend was cleared after DNA testing. Evidence including bite marks attributed to wounds inflicted by their mother during fight implicated the twins and they were charged. And as it says here, they were charged about four months later. Now I actually watched some YouTube videos that shared with them being at the police department, talking a little about the crime, because you know, a lot of times when there's a heinous crime, of course, if it's a woman, they think it's the husband and if it's a, you know, and vice versa, but no one of course is going to think it's children, especially young children. Right. So they were trying to give their statement about what happened because they were trying to find out what happened. Alexis, do you remember seeing the YouTube videos? Um, if I remember correctly, something about someone skipping school, flew into a rage, they beat her, they stabbed her, and she tried going to the neighbors for help, but nobody would open their door. So 
she ended up getting stabbed to death, if I remember correctly, but don't quote me on that. Well, one one of the biggest things is, you know, like let's say, for example, a crime is committed. Let's say we're all in a house and the crime is committed. Of course, we're going to all be called on to the police station, and they're going to take our statements, and they're going to ask us, Mimi, what happened? Tawanda, what happened? Alexis, what happened? Now, first and foremost, if you're at the police department, regardless of what the reason is, if a crime has been committed, how comfortable are you going to be with talking to the police? Um, are you going to be natural? Are you going to be nervous and scared? How comfortable would you be, uh, Mimi? Not at all. I wouldn't be comfortable at all. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I wouldn't be comfortable. <laughs> How about you, Alexis? I'm not dumb enough to say anything without the presence of a lawyer. Whether I'm being accused or whether I'm a witness or anything, I'm not saying anything without a lawyer there. Sorry. I've heard too many horror stories. Okay, so whether you have a lawyer or not, but how comfortable would you be in that type of environment? I've been to the police station before, so um, to be really 100% honest, I'd just rather get it over with. So I don't know if nerves or comfortableness has something uh, would have anything to do with it. I just want to get in and get out. Okay. I can definitely I can definitely respect that. One of the things as far as I'm concerned, kinda how you were saying, um <laughs> Mimi, I'm not interested in going to the police department for anything. I used to work at a at a county jail and people came to jail every single day for all types of stuff. So I, that wouldn't be a situation to where I was comfortable at all. And with that being said, especially if someone has been killed that's a whole nother level. Someone's lost their life. Regardless of who it is, I don't ever want to be in a situation to where someone's lost their life. So I'm gonna post this uh, I'm gonna post some clips of this video on our site just to kinda of be able to view. But these girls were being interrogated well not really not really interrogated at the beginning, but they were talking about what happened. And they were calm. They wasn't even suspect they wasn't even suspects in the beginning. And who in the world is going to think these sweet girls that's honor roll students and in the Girl Scouts did something like this? It's really, just really amazing. It's really, really, really amazing. And what it says here is twin, 20, accepts 30-year plea deal for a brutally murdering her mother. But her identical sister will go to trial facing faces life after rejecting the deal. Taz Whitehead, 20, pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter, possession of a knife during the crime, and falsification in government matters. Jazz, 20, who denied a plea deal, was faced trial for murder in March and may serve a life sentence. Taz may testify against her sister. Um, Nikki Whitehead's spinal cord was severed in 2010 in the 2010 fight. The girls had a strained relationship with their mother who accused them of smoking pot and being sexually active. The girls thought their mother was a hypocrite because she also smoked weed and was promiscuous. So last thing I want to say in reference to this, and I just want to get you guys feedback on thinking about this, is a murder is a murderer born? Is a murderer developed? Does a, does a person become a murderer by circumstance or situation? 
or all of the above? Like, what actually happens? A few things touch me about this situation. Now, they both have the same sentence, and they'll get out when they're 50. So they'll still be able to have some life, you know, because they have a date. They don't have a life sentence. They actually have the 30 years, both of them. So I don't know what happened to where they end up getting – the other sister ended up getting the 30 years. Not really sure how that situation happened. But the thing about it is they killed their mom, and they still have a relationship with their grandmother, which is the mother's mother. So I want to ask you guys one question. And it's about forgiveness. Have you ever had a situation in life that was really rough that you had to forgive someone? Because guess what? The grandmother has a relationship with her granddaughters, but her daughter is dead. I can't even imagine or fathom how she must feel. Of course she loves her grandkids. Her daughter has them, but her daughter is dead. What are your thoughts about forgiveness? Have you ever had a harsh very hard situation that you've had to forgive someone or did you have a situation like that? Well, not like this, but just in general about that dealt with forgiveness and you still haven't forgiven someone. Alexis. I'm not a very forgiving person. I'm going to just go ahead and put that out there. Have I been in situations where I probably should have forgiven the person? Yes. Have I forgiven the person? Hell no. I'm just one of those people where when I'm done, I'm done. Whether it ends animicably, whether it means I need to forgive you or whatever, I can hold a grudge. Trust me. The only person that I am ever, the only person where I will be soft with is my sister, but that's because she's my sister. But with anybody else in my family, I could care less if I don't have if I don't talk to them for years. And quite honestly, it's quiet. Okay. Uh, how about you, Mimi? Um, I can forgive um for myself, you know. Because that's what matters. It's, it's not forgiving for other people. Um, also, I've learned over time that it's better to forgive and move on because whoever has wronged you, half the time they don't remember what they did. They don't care what they did. They've gone with their life. So, you know, I'm upset huffing and puffing about something that is not helping me at all. It's just making me stay stuck and, and give energy to someone who could care less. So, yeah, I can forgive. One of the things, it's hard sometimes to forgive. And like you said, forgiveness is not really to really forgive the other person. It's really more so for for yourself. I had a very good friend, um, a friend and sorority sister that was murdered um, many years ago. And her boyfriend uh, murdered her. And, man, that was in 2006. And that was definitely a hard pill to swallow. And I know a lot of times after someone goes to prison, they eventually go for a parole, sometimes up to 10, 12, 13, 14 years, depending on the state. And I had always wondered, because even when I talked to my my friend that got killed, her mom, I try to talk to her a couple of times a year, let her know I love her and I'm thinking about her. She can't even talk about this guy. She don't even want to hear this man's name. And I and I and I can't blame her because he murdered her only girl. She has six kids. She had one daughter. And um 
I, I sometimes used to like dream and imagine like what would happen if he went up for parole. Because, you know, because I've worked with people in prison for so many years, and I see so many people that have changed their life. And they're different people today versus 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But every time they go for parole, families are there stopping them from getting out because they're still angry and they're still hurt. And because this happened to someone who I love, I asked myself, you know, can I forgive? And it just seems so hard. And I heard that absence makes the heart grow fonder. So I guess it's just a mixed situation. And me being a friend that has someone killed versus a mother losing her child, you know, my forgiveness, I'm definitely pretty sure it's different. But um, I know forgiveness is definitely not an easy situation. So the next thing I want to ask you guys is when it comes to someone being a murderer, do you think that murderers are born? Do you think that murderers develop from watching TV and listening to music? Do you think it's about just different situations and circumstances? You know, what are your thoughts about someone that actually takes someone's life? What are your thoughts, Alexis? My thoughts are, to be frank, that's just going to be a question that nobody can answer because if we knew the answer, then hopefully we would figure out a way how to prevent that. I will say that I know it takes a special kind of person to actually be able to take someone's life away because me, myself, there have been times where I am angry enough to say I'm going to kill someone. Would I actually hold a weapon in or physically harm them to the point where I'm going to take their life away? No. Me, that's just not my nature. But for somebody to actually take someone else's life away, I would say it takes a special kind of person and or the situation because there has been situations where people are so angry that they work themselves into a frenzy where they black out themselves and they don't remember what happened after they come back. Then like to their horror, they realize that they murdered somebody, but they don't remember doing it. Mm. What are your thoughts? Mimi? I think it could be um, all of the above. I think it could be, uh, in mentally, where there's a chemical imbalance, I think it could be um, a situation where it's a crime of passion, like we've talked about, where a person is reacting and not thinking. I also think it could be environment. I was watching uh, on Netflix, um, I think it's on there now, um, what was it? I something about created to be a killer or something like that, I can't remember exactly, where this uncle actually was, he got off on killing someone and killed somebody else. Um, got out and um, something else happened where he brought his um, mentally challenged nephew into it and was coaxing him um, and raped this young woman and um, ended up, they ended up killing her. And the young man is in uh, prison, and so is the uncle. But I felt like that because the young man, with his mental capacity, that um, I, I I felt like that if it wasn't for his uncle, that the, that he would not have done what he did. 
Okay. You know, that that's just really an interesting, interesting, interesting situation. And I say all of the above as well. I just think that sometimes we have to just really be careful. Because I actually know I have a family member that killed someone because of crime and passion. I think sometimes people really can lose their mind. Or just like Alexis said, you, we may say, oh, I'm going to kill you. And you really don't really mean kill. Because the reality is if someone kills another person, that person's dead. They're not coming back. It's not, no, okay, I'm just joking. I ain't mad no more. Wake up. It's too late. It's too late. And sometimes it's just so hard to come back from that. And when I look at these pictures online of these two girls, uh, and this is the Whitehead sisters. If anyone's listening, look it up. This is happening in Georgia. You know, two girls, young, beautiful, on the honor roll in, in the Girl Scouts, and something like this happens. And then it also talks about in here about just like the mom, like they said this about their mom. It seems like it just really wasn't a good family situation, and they really did not want to stay with their mom. And I'm just wondering with that judge making them stay with their mom for two weeks. And in that time frame, the mom got killed. What do you guys think about that though? Just based on, we know you can't read everything you see online, but just based on what I was reading and sharing in reference to that situation, what are, what are your thoughts? What do you think happened? What went wrong? I Was it, I'm sorry, go ahead. In all honesty, I will say it from this point of view. The mother was in and out of their lives, and they stayed with their great-grandmother or grandmother. And when they were staying with their grandmother, they were honor roll students. They were sweet little girls. So I am disappointed that the judge is going to force them to go live with their mother. That's not the best situation for them. I understand that a court of law and or social workers and or whatever the situation is going to do what's best for their child. And most of the time, they want to reunite families. But this family has been broken for years. And the mother had no desire to be a mother to her children. She was in and out of their lives. Their best situation is to stay with the grandmother. So the judge basically made a mistake, in my honest opinion, by telling them that they had to go live with their mother for two weeks. Because I can relate to that story a little bit. I have nothing to do with my father. If my father actually came back into my life as a teenager and some judge told me I had to go live with my father for two weeks, I probably would have went to juvie because I definitely wouldn't have went. Mm. Wow. You know, as we close out tonight, I want to say this, and I definitely want to get um, you guys' thoughts on that. You know, I've worked with prisoners for um, almost 12 years. And as you know, there's almost there's over 2.3 million people in the U.S. in prison. And people are in prison for a lot of different things, some for murder, some for sex crimes, some for drugs, I mean, all types of things. And there's also some people in prison that say that they're innocent. And, you know, people say, oh, you know, everybody says that. Well, guess what? That's why there's things like the Innocence Project that frees people that's been locked up 10, 15, 30 years, and they really were innocent. But some people are in bad situations. Some people were forced to be in a bad situation, and they retaliated. 
Now, if this was a crime of passion, I, I, I don't know. And I'm going to research and do a little more into this because it's, it's, it's definitely an interest. Twin girls, twin beautiful girls in prison for 30 years. But, you know, I've met people, Alexis and Mimi, that they told me that prison saved their life. I've met people that said they were in hell on the street because they were in a bad situation. And now in prison, they got a routine. They get meals. They exercise them. They meet friends. You know, people are going through it. You know, look at how many kids are living in bad situations, how many families, you know, don't take care of the kids, kids on drugs, kids, kids get raped, kids get abused, and all these different things. Kids should have the opportunity to be kids. And when we put kids in bad situations, what in the hell we think is going to happen? And that's what I, my thoughts are when I look at this story. I don't really think just for me looking at it for years off and on after finding out about it, I can't see that these two girls just said, hey, I'm going to kill mom. We're going to kill her. It seemed like they were put in a bad situation. And sometimes when you have so much hate and so much rage and you're in a controlled situation, then you react. What are you guys thinking about that? So when you first... um Oh, no, go ahead, Mimi. Okay. I um, When you first started thinking about this, um, my mind raced. And the first thing that I thought about was teenagers are saying that they do not want to go live with their mother, right? First of all, why would you remove them out of home that's already stable to put them in a home to give a person the opportunity for two weeks to see how it works instead of listening? Now, if people who are divorcing and they're going through a child custody, when their children are a certain age, they have, they're able to speak about where they want to live. So I'm not sure what it was that the mother could have said that com- that convinced the judge to say, okay, we'll try this. These kids had stability. They were doing well. Why not say, okay, you can have visitation and you can come and get them, or how about you get them during the summer when school is out? Anything but uprooting them from their day-to-day routine and bringing them into a household. That's the first thing that struck me. The second thing was is that this mother moved into a home with a boyfriend shortly after meeting them. My mind goes here. The mother you're seeing has um, a drug problem where she smokes and does whatever she does. She's promiscuous. My instinct said that this man possibly could have approached one of the twins or both of the twins, told mom, we told mom, and mom did nothing about it. She did not protect us, right? And they Mm -hmm. reacted. They wanted to leave, and they reacted. I I believe something happened, and they are twins, so they have a, 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 a bond that's different than just siblings. And so they protected each other, and they had each other's back. And somebody did whatever somebody did, and somebody did something in, in this scenario. But I, I don't feel like that 30 years, I feel like that they should have gotten something, but depending on what happened, that they should have gotten something. But I don't know that you give 30, um, somebody that young 30 years when without trying to rehabilitate them. So I think that the justice system failed them 
Uh, as far as the grandmother forgiving them, I felt like she was able to forgive them because she knew what the, her grandchildren were going into. I don't think that she was okay with the judge doing that. So that's why I think it, she was able to forgive. Hmm. You know, that you said a lot. You said a lot with, with that. And I definitely want to just leave those thoughts to anyone that's listening um, to our show. And we weren't there, so we don't know the whole situation. We're just basing it on, you know, the different things that we're reading from, from the newspaper articles and from online and so on and so forth. You know, I just don't think people wake up every day and they're born to kill. Some people probably are. It just seemed like this was really a bad situation. This is a bad situation that they were in, and it turned worse. And this happens every single day, unfortunately. Um, and we're talking about the Whitehead sisters and these twins that actually killed their mom and got 30 years in prison. In January 2014, um, Tay pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter and was sentenced to 30 years in prison. And on February the 7th, one month later, after her twin, Jazz pleaded guilty and is serving the same sentence. The twins are incarcerated at separate prisons in Georgia Department of Corrections. And based on other stuff that I read online is they um, are in touch with their grandmother and they have good relationships. And I actually talked to another female in prison that I was working with that I actually was at both prisons that the girls were at. And she said they were working. One of them does hair. They're very active and social. They have friends and that they were doing well. And um, the last thing I want to share, something says great-grandmother hopes twins who kill their mother one day um, will live a productive life. And um, let me see if I can find that. And that that's just a hard pill to swallow. And I and we all know that we're not going to be here forever. But um, we also don't dictate how we're going to leave here. So just to know that, you know, they even though they are in prison, they have a relationship with their grandmother, they'll get out and still get some chance to really live because they'll be 50. And, of course, 50 is a new 25. So, um, but 30 years, 30 years of their life. All right, ladies, any final thoughts or comments as we close out um, this segment of True Crime, um, talking about the Whitehead sisters tonight? Any final thoughts? Um, I do agree with what uh, Mimi had to say. I think that the justice system did fail them. I have a feeling that they probably did not get good representation or something like that because there are a lot of questions that went unanswered. 30 years is, it seems to be a long punishment for the situation itself. I definitely have to wonder what the judge who ordered them to go live with their mother had to say after this horrific crime came to light. I think whoever that was made a mistake because he removed them from a stable environment where they were doing very well and he put them in a bad situation. Because in all honesty, had I been the judge on that case, I wouldn't have done that. Because, yes, I understand that a mother wants to be with her children. Yes, a mother has rights to see her children. But what needs to be done here is not what's best for the mother. It's not what the mother wants. It's what's best for the child. And what's best for the twins was to stay where they were because they were honor roll students. They had their whole life in front of them. And this judge decided to force them to go live with their mother. And that situation took away their life, took away their future. All right. 
Thank you, Alexis. Any closing thoughts or comments? Um, Mimi? Yeah, I just, our justice system um, really needs an overhaul. Um, social workers, I, I don't know if a social worker was involved where they went and checked in and that sort of thing, if they ordered some type of counseling, family counseling for them. I'm, I'm not really sure, but our justice system definitely needs an overhaul, and our social workers and people like that, I feel like, need more training, but they also need more help. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's a sad situation. I hate the mother let loss of life, but I also hate that the girls were put in a situation um, where their life was changed by a bad decision by an adult who made a decision over their life. Absolutely. And it happens every single day. And, of course, we have to have the balances in place, and people have to make decisions. And every now and then, sometimes people make the wrong one. And I'm pretty sure they live to regret it, you know, and that's just really what it is. You know, we'll definitely close out tonight. We're looking forward to continue to share with you guys at least a few times a month about a true crime segment, um, just opening up the life and situation we're going to definitely be blogging about this and sharing more information on the website and on YouTube for those that may not be familiar with the situation, and we'll definitely go from there. Alexis and Mimi, thank you so much, you guys, for participating in this discussion and definitely looking forward to many more interesting discoveries. Till the next time, everyone, this is Tawanda with Take 411. And you remember, you heard it here, not first, but you heard it here. Till the next time, good night. Good night.